0: what's going on guys welcome back to this week's episode of outside the arena with rob and griff i'm griffin Senek, joined by the birthday boy today rob goldberger my co-host over here uh the big 17 happy birthday to you rob um Mm -hmm. and yeah Today, we're back at it. Once again, it has been a crazy week in sports, specifically in the MLB, which is now in a lockout, which is very, very weird. I mean, you look at MLB.com, you see all the players um, faceless, and there's no real articles. It's very weird. Um, But regardless, the MLB, it was a crazy week, to say the least. It was a crazy week. We saw a lot of big free agents sign, and I think we got to start with the closest one to either of us. It's for my team, the New York Mets. Max Scherzer signed a record contract, three years, one hundred thirty million. Obviously, a crazy deal. The money is just astronomical. Um, you know, we both thought he'd end up with the Dodgers. It really seemed like the West Coast. He might actually not have wanted to play on, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I mean, the, I think it just shows how these beat writers really don't know what's going on most of the time. <laughs> like they were saying, "Oh, it's all this West Coast," and then you actually they're hear really, him say, uh, "Like
1: they're really only like." three guys you can trust. And I think the key with MLB news specifically is like, there's always one writer that really is like really tapped in with the team and gets everything right. And you really just got to pay attention to whoever that is. Uh, Yeah. But off the surface thing, like I said, I mean, we talked about it this week, the fact that uh, the Mets uh, spring training being close to his home, I'm not really sure why no one put that together. I mean, I I certainly didn't, but um, interesting that he listed that as a perk in his first press conference. Uh, I think you know, obviously, Scherzer de Gram next year. This is a win down move from the New York Mets. Simply, um, I'm, there's really only one concern from this deal, and we discussed it a little bit this week. It's just the him making 40 40 odd million dollars in his age forty season might not be optimal. Sorry, you were frozen for me for a second, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. The Scherzer de Gram. I mean, this is a win down move. I'm devastated as a Phillies fan. I'm really trying to nitpick here. I mean, I, I just really hope it's <laughs> sort of, I, I really hope the, the, the sort of, uh, why Max Scherzer be, becomes washed over a very short period of time. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is the type of move that Mets fans, including myself wanted to see with Steve Cohen. And I think, you know, we hadn't talked a little bit a few weeks before and you were kind of still, still a little skeptical of Steve yes, Cohen. I and I think he's kind of just, stuck it to everyone and said, you know, my money's for real. This is not a joke anymore. And we saw that. I mean, they, before, uh, you know, when we filmed last week, this team had gone out and signed Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Cannon, three moves that I was very happy with three under the radar moves, solid positional players. And I was happy with those moves. I think Starling Marte, I mean, not really under the radar. He's a great player, but um, yeah, I mean, Max Scherzer, this guy, obviously the age is not ideal. This is not going to be a guy you're going to have pitching for as long as maybe a Robbie Ray or Kevin Gosman, but, I think he's the best pitcher on the market. He's a top three, top five pitcher in baseball, even still. I mean, you saw what he did last year. Um, just fantastic. Um, still, even at this age, it's pretty incredible. Um, and I think that the, the key thing with the Mets is you got to think of it. And I heard this. I forget where I heard it, but credit to whoever said it. But the only thing the Mets are really risking here is money. And with Steve Cohen, that's really not that big of a deal. I mean, they are not giving up prospects. They're not giving up you know, draft picks for this guy. They're just trading money, and it's a lot of money, obviously. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, all they're losing is money. They're not losing a, a player that they traded. They're not losing draft pick capital. So at the end of the day, I mean, the Mets, I think this is a fantastic signing for many reasons. The fact that they don't lose a draft pick is another fantastic thing because now this team is poised to have two first-round picks, their second-round pick, and two competitive balance picks, which is just setting themselves up for an incredible draft pool for a team with uh, you know pretty decimated form system at this point. So I think for the Mets, it's a great move. Um, obviously, I think the NL teams. I mean, we've seen Miami go out and be pretty aggressive so far, um,
1: and, but and you know possibly more, possibly much more to come from them. I mean, that by, yeah. the, way, by the way it sounds from almost every reporter. I mean, it looks like, which is sad. You know, it's a sad day when the Marlin, Miami Marlins are compi- are showing more desire to compete than the Philadelphia Phillies. But at this stage, I really like. I really like. I'm just not even surprised at this stage. This is it, it's disgusting. Philadelphia Phillies are a disgusting organization. I got to say. Sorry, I'm going to shift the the talk to Philly for once. Yeah, shift here. us. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I love the Corey Knebel. I really do. I think he's a guy with elite, elite stuff. Uh, it just signifies to me something that I'm not too happy about, which is the fact they're going to look to try to get two to three really good back end guys, it seems, instead of one really, really elite closer that they're going to spa- splash money on, which is really not like. Not ideal for us. I just, uh, I'm just like so frustrated. And the Camargo thing, he's—I actually like it. He's the type of guy that like a winning team seems to have often, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But it just seems like they're gonna refuse to go over the tax again. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm freezing cold, Tate here. But I'm just like, uh, this team. At the end of this, the end of the day, we've seen it. I know the Tampa Bay Rays got to the World Series list last year, but if you're not going over the luxury tax, especially with Steve Cohen now in your division. You're not going to win anything. You're not even going to win. And we haven't made the, we haven't even made the playoffs in 10 years. What annoys me is that the Bryce deal was an excuse for him for a long time. Middleton this, Middleton that, but now Bryce is the highest, uh, has the 18th highest AAB in baseball. You got to spend some money, man. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they, they need some, they need help at the top of the lineup and they need a guy like Kyle Schwarber badly. And I think, there's been some links to be, between them. I would be ecstatic with a Kyle Schwarber signing.
0: Kyle Schwarber would be huge for many reasons. I mean, that Philadelphia Phillies team, I mean, they don't really have that big lefty bat. They haven't really had that big lefty bat. I feel like I might be wrong. Oh, well, I guess they have Harper. So I guess I'm wrong with that. I forgot about Bryce Harper. But when you think of, like, a true, like, power lefty, like a Kyle Schwarber slugger, like, the real, like, I would consider Harper more an all-around guy. But the last guy is, like, a Brian Howard that comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, I
1: I was I was gonna say the same thing. Bryce like clubs home runs and he's like a great power. Like he can hit for power, but Schwarber is like a pure power. He's a pure power guy. And, he's like, and yeah, him hitting a leadoff griff, I don't know how how to tell you that. Like they've needed a leadoff hitter for so long. It's unbelievable. They've had guys, so many different guys. McCutcheon, Herrera. Just not 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 good enough. Not good enough to compete with teams like the Met, the Mets and the Braves. So yeah,
0: I mean. Yeah. I mean, the Braves have been quiet too. They haven't signed Freddie Freeman yet. So this division right now, I mean, Miami has got a very good young team. I mean, the Miami Marlins, I think are going to be much closer to 500 this year and maybe even push it to be above. I think the Mets are going to be improved. I think the Mets, you know, I think, I, I think Francisco Lindor is too good of a baseball player. I still think the deal is an overpay and I think it, no one can argue that, but he's too good of a baseball player to not bounce back. And I think really just adjusting to New York as the scenery, I expect him to have a very much bounce back offensive season. I think this Mets team is going to be a lot better this year. I, I don't know if I can put them above the Braves for the division just yet. I want to see how this offseason unfolds. I feel like the Mets are still missing some pieces in that rotation, a little bit in the bullpen too. Um, so work to be done, but obviously Philadelphia, I mean, I don't think, I think they've got to go out there and get a big name, a big bat for sure. If it's a Kyle Schwarber, it's great. But, I mean, I mean, I don't think they will sign him. I would be utterly shocked if they did. But, like, a Carlos Correa would just be perfect for that Philadelphia Phillies team, that shortstop. I mean, up the middle defense. I mean, that Phillies defense has been god-awful for many multiple years now. It is just so many players just who are not good defensively. You had Carlos Correa to that middle of the field, middle of the order. I mean, my God, that is a game changer really
1: you you have an you really do have an elite two way second. I I think Gene Segura is really one of the most underrated players in the entire National League. He's a great defender. He is. He's a great defensive player, and he had an excellent season at the plate last year. Having a middle infield of Segura and Correa, I think makes them even instant contenders in the division. But they won't go out and sign Correa. That's too much. They're not going to spend that that kind of money because our owner, he sucks. I mean, it's no coincidence this guy took over in like 2012 and. We haven't made the playoffs since 2011, so uh oh, it's just bad. It's a depressing state. It's a really a depressing state in all of Philadelphia sports right now. I, I'm still, I still have faith in the Sixers, though. So, so yeah.
0: All right. Well, with that, we can move on to kind of the next big headline from MLB, and it's the Texas Rangers. This is the team that spent the most money so far. They have gone out and they have, you know, said we've got this new stadium. We want to put some superstar players in it for fans to enjoy. And they went out there and did that. They obviously made three bigger signings: John Gray. Uh, which, you know, John Gray is more of an upside piece. I think that's a a lot of money for a guy who's kind of struggled, but he's pitched at core. So in the benefit of that, and then obviously the two big moves, Marcus Sinian, seven years, I believe it's $175 million or so, maybe 185. And then Corey Seager 10 years, $325 million. I mean, just two major signings for this middle of the infield, this lineup's going to get infinitely better. I mean, I'm not ready to say this team is a playoff team just yet because of that pitching. I still think that pitching is God awful, but, I mean the Texas Rangers, they're really going for it and they're saying, you know, we're gonna get our guys for future. And they went ahead and got two of the best players in the league. So what are your thoughts on on what the Rangers are up to?
1: Um It's just like I looked at I was on Twitter and I saw the Texas Rangers protected lineup. I got to the first three guys. I'm like, okay, this could be a playoff caliber roster. And then after that, it's like, is that is that Cole Calhoun in there? Is that the same, is that the same person? But yeah, I, I think they had, this is obviously a team that's very top heavy right now. They have no depth. I mean, they got they got a they got a they got a lot of work to do. But uh, I think Rangers fans should be very excited because I mean, this is clearly like the first step in a project to actually invest in a team. Um, and I think yeah, I haven't seen that. I mean, the Rangers have been bad. How long have they have they been bad? No, Griffin. How long have they been bad? Four years? Five years?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't think this team's been uh, – I mean, the, there was – it's probably been since around 2015, 2016, I think, right. since they've been good.
1: Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they got they, – they they have their pieces, which is important. The only issue is Marcus Simeon – they're going to be paying Marcus Simeon, like what, – what's the AV on this, Griffin? 20, 20, I think 20, it's about a – 25, right?
0: Isn't it? Yes. 25 million. Yes.
1: Um, They're going to be paying him 25 million a year in his age, 36, 37, 38 seasons. So, I mean, that could come back to them. I mean, I think they had to do it though, to get to convince him to come there. Same thing. with see, I, I, just seven, because you saw that they were offering like three or four more years more than any other, uh, team uh i think they're very serious about competing right uh in the near future i don't think i just don't think they're gonna be able to do it next year without obviously like you said some more pitching and i think a lot more depth in that lineup
0: yeah i mean this is a team that they clearly want to win which is interesting i mean now you look back and you're like why did the team trade joey gala i mean i know they got a pretty decent right. hall of prospects right. yeah. but um i mean those none of those guys were top tier guys in in my mind so I mean, if you had Joey Gallo, this could be a totally different ballgame here, but obviously you don't – I mean, I think it's just the pitching right now that, you know, the lineup will come. Um, You've kind of – they've got some pieces here and there. And obviously you got your two big bats. And I think this is a process where I think it's going to be two to three more years before we see this team potentially seriously look into competing. Um, It's just the pitching and and their farm system. Um, I honestly don't really know too much. I'm going to look at it right now. But – I mean, I think it's, eh, I don't think it's anything special. So at the end of the day, you know, it's a, it's a good move. Uh, I'm glad to see teams are starting to compete and whatnot, but um, let's see where the Rangers are. Who are their top prospects? Oh, so they, okay. So they have Josh, the Jack Lighter pick, obviously Yeah. that's kind of their key pick. Um, So we're going to have to see when Jack Lighter comes. Josh Young is another, they've got five prospects in the top 100. So um, it's a pretty solid pool of guys. Um, I think Jack Lighter's is the big one. They'll obviously have a pretty solid pick this year. So (laughs) we'll see what happens with Texas. Um, It's just good that they're going for it. Um, Interesting that they got both, though. I mean, I think that's a team that, you know, they've taken two of the the core middle infield guys, and now all all of a sudden see a team like the New York Yankees maybe kind of struggling to, you know, find their guy or or whatnot, we'll say, though.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, with that, um, I think we can kind of real quickly – Uh, discuss a few of these other moves Um, really in the starting pitching market. We saw two of the other top guys, Robbie Ray sign a five-year deal with Seattle and Kevin Gaussman, a five-year deal with the Blue Jays. Rob, which of these two five-year deals do you like more Kevin Gosman's or Robbie Ray's?
1: Put me on the spot here, Griff, aren't you? Uh, A little bit. I think I believe in Robbie Ray more Griffin. I think, I think I do. I think, Kevin Gosman's second half of the season was very worrying to me. Um, I think – I don't know. I just don't – it's just like I, – I, you're making me choose on the spot here. I do like both of these guys a lot, though, to be fair. Uh, but I, I am a big Robbie Ray fan. I mean, I know the, pitches were, the, the Phillies weren't going to go spend out that much – go out and spend money on starting pitching. But I would have liked – I mean, Robbie Ray, I think, is just – for, I think he's just a really good pitcher, man. I really do. Um, I know he wasn't great in 2020. He only pitched like five games, though, right? Um, yeah, something like that. But he was unbelievable last year. I mean, you saw the rate, the, gave, the boost that he gave the Jays on every single night that he was pitching. And to me, I don't know, just Gosman, uh, there's just something so sketchy to me. I think there's something, there's something so sketchy about this whole 2021 Giants team. You know what I mean? I'm just not sure if I can keep a faith in any of them to keep up the same production that they did in 2021, 20, uh, except for Logan Webb. I think Logan Webb is going to be yeah. very good for many years to come. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, yeah, this 21 – there's just this 2021 Giants are that I have, and I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think you also look at the 2021 Giants, and now it's like you've lost Kevin Gosman, who is – basically your best pitcher. You've now lost Buster Posey to retirement, which is a yeah. big loss. Like I, I'm a little worried as well about these San Francisco Giants. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I think both of these guys are they got paid well, but they both have question marks attached to them. I think Kevin Gosman you know, like you mentioned that second half worry, I mean, he is just so reliant on that splitter to yeah. be successful. That's if teams really start figuring out that splitter, he kind of loses touch with it. I mean he is it's not going to be pretty for Kevin Gaussman. Obviously, I like him. I think he's a great pitcher. I wanted the Mets to go out and sign him. Um, I'm a big believer in him. But there is a little concern there. But I like the move for the Jays. I mean, you look at the Jays' rotation now. You've got Gaussman. You've got Jose Barrios. you got Hinjin Ryu there, I believe, for one more year. And then you've got the young guys, Alex Manoa, I believe. Uh, a few other guys there, I believe, too. So they've got a good, solid group. For Seattle, I mean, this gives them a true ace, I guess. They had not really had a true ace there. Robbie Ray will give them a true ace. Um, I mean, Seattle wants to win. We've heard this team. They're still linked to a lot of guys. Trevor Story, Chris Bryant. Um, I think Michael Conforto could end up there. I mean, we'll really see. Um, I agree with you. I'd probably like the Robbie Ray signing a bit more. I think, you know, he's had more success in his career overall than Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman kind of was kind – of, he was very shaky at times. I think they're both good pitchers. Um, I just think Robbie Ray, um, AL West, I think it's a good sign. I think they're both solid signings. Um But I don't know. They both kind of worry me just a little bit. I just feel like neither of these guys are like the elite, elite pitchers that their seasons may have. I mean, another guy who had a great season, Marcus Stroman, we can get in and talk about him. I mean, three years, 71 million. Um, I mean, I just don't know with Marcus Stroman. I think he had a great year. I'm
1: just not sure. I'm also not sure if we can trust you to talk about Marcus Stroman without that bias seeping through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what
0: I mean – I think with Marcus Stroman, there's a few things. I'll, I'll touch on Marcus Stroman. He's yeah. a great pitcher. I mean, he pitched fantastic for the New York Mets this year. He was their most reliable guy. He made every start. And I think he is one of the healthiest. And You know, he really strives with recovery. I think that's something that a lot of guys could learn from. I mean, he's recovery methods are out of this world. I mean, you just see the rooms this guy has. He has like a salt room in his house. He has, I mean, all the machines. I mean, he is exceptional with staying on the field and being healthy. And he pitched great. He's a pitch to contact guy, though, which is always a little alarming. It's, you know, in this day and age, the strikeout guy is always going to be preferred to the pitch to contact guy. Um, Look, I think with Marcus Stroman, he's a good pitcher. There's obviously at the end of his New York tenure, there was a lot of, you know, controversies potentially in the media. Um, He obviously I'm not going against anything he believes in terms of, uh, you know, his racial opinions and what he's experienced. I'm not getting into that. But you know, the other day there was a you know thing where he liked the tweet calling um, you know Mets beat reporter uh, ethnic slur and all that. Which at that point, it's kind of like, all right, that's not really acceptable. Um, I mean, I think this guy he he was never really a fan of the New York media. Um, I don't know. He he has his own presence though, but you got to respect that. Everyone, you know, I think it's great for athletes to be outspoken online and and kind of just be themselves. So I have nothing against Marcus Stroman. I wish him the best. Um, I'm glad he went out and got the best deal possible. I think it's a fantastic deal for him. Three years, $70 a uh, way to go get it. Um, do I think he'll pitch as well as he did this year? Probably not. I think he'll probably decline a little bit. But um, an exceptional pitcher, um, you know, there's just some – I think he's a great person too. I mean, I really have nothing against him. I just think at the end of his Mets tenure, there was just a little, you know, controversy with him, the media, and the fans. So it kind of just ended on a on a rough note. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a solid pitcher at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. Uh, the Cubs gave him a lot of money. Um, like I don't, I'm not, I just don't know if I get it from the Cubs perspective, really. I mean, I get it. I get it. Anytime you can add a picture when they really don't have pitching at all. Uh, um, like, a like a Marcus Stroman's caliber, you do it, but I guess, I mean, it's just kind of a deal that (laughs) it's just kind of a deal that happened. If that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I'm, i I'm, I, I think you covered everything really. I just think between the at the end there really wasn't a lot of room for him to come to an agreement with the New York Mets. I think they had already sort of put of their separate ways. I mean, obviously he is on Twitter a lot. He talked about how the Mets didn't want him. He wanted to come back, but I mean, yeah,
0: and the, the, there was tweets out there that he was liking saying the only reason that the Mets didn't want him back was because, or the Mets preferred Gosman over him was because. He was a a black man and they didn't want to see a young black man succeed, which I mean, obviously he has his own opinions. Um, I don't feel that was the case when assigning their, uh, you know, portrayals of what was going on. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot, he's very outspoken and, and he wants, he wanted, I think a situation where he wanted to feel wanted and he didn't want to feel like a second option and good for him. I think the New York Mets probably did a bad job of handling it in free agency. Or they just said, you know, we're going to move on at the end of the day, and that was that. They didn't want to bring him back, so I don't really know what happened. Sorry for interrupting you. Um, it was no, it no, was definitely no. a bumpy ending, a little bit. Um, I think with you know through social media, through Twitter, um, with Stroman and the Mets, but I mean he was excellent for them. I have nothing but love. He's a fantastic player. Um, just a little off the field stuff between him and some of the you know media, Twitter, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I do think he's obviously a very love him or you hate him kind of guy. I think. And I think yeah. that might sort of be the way uh, Stephen Cohen might start to be viewed around the league a little bit, because um, yeah. I think he's obviously going to be a guy that obviously Mets fans love. A lot of other fan bases don't like it all. Um, but yeah, I think that might be how it be. I think that might be how be with players. I think obviously he's already made a couple of enemies this off season, I think with Madsen Strowman, but we'll see. We'll see. He's obviously, yeah. he's very, he's obviously very willing to invest to give the New York Mets the best, the best shot to win. So that's a, That's all you can ask out of an owner, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the, I mean, he, he, he's set new levels. It makes you think though. I mean, if DeGrom goes out and has a healthy year where he's competing for the Cy Young, I mean, how the hit. hell is that guy going to get? Yes, I agree. Um, but I mean, what kind of contract he'll get? He, I mean, he's got, I mean, are we talking $50 million a year yeah. for, for Jacob DeGrom? Probably. Something like that. Um, I mean, Javi buys to the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers are not that great. Um, they've made some good moves, though. What are your thoughts on that real quick? And then we'll jump to the end. Yeah, I mean,
1: I kind of expected it. I kind of think they needed to go out. They they really did need to go out and sign just someone this offseason. We've seen them linked for so long. I mean, it's a, it's a fine move for them. They have money to spend. Uh, whatever. I'm just glad. Not glad, because whatever. I don't really care about how much money Javi buys has made. I'm just – um. Sort of really, I don't know how to use the word because I don't want to say like I'm glad he didn't get as much money as he wants, we wanted to, but I'm just, um, uh, I'm surprised maybe I was maybe surprised that someone didn't give him that 6200 like he was at, like he was sort of asking for and he got that. So well, that was, uh,
0: I think that was outrageous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was, I couldn't believe that's, that's 33 million per year. I was yeah, like, it
1: yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean. Like you said, they're not that great. They didn't. I think ultimately, though, they just really needed a, a signing this offseason, a big money yeah. splash this offseason to just appease any questions of whether they were even trying to compete. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a guy I wanted back for the Mets. I think he's a dynamic player. He's pretty electric. He's fun to watch. I think he would have been a great piece for the Mets. I really was hoping to keep him, but after the were signing, it just, it just probably wasn't going to happen with money. I mean, I know the Mets have been linked to Bryant. We'll see what happens post-lockout with that um i don't think they'll end up with him to be honest um i mean yeah it's a good move for the tigers keeps you know the fans engaged like you said i mean it's just good to see these teams like the tigers and the rangers going out and spending giving big money contracts out that's what's key i think i think it's teams that you know feel they're getting closer going out willing to spend that's what you want to see in the major leagues um so it's good to see that but yeah i think with that um we can kind of transition the nfl Um,
1: i just want to just want to add something really quickly Bama yeah. currently has the lead over Georgia.
0: That would be – that would be something. I don't know. I mean, where does – does Bama become the one seed at that point if they beat Georgia? How does that work?
1: I, I would imagine. Bama or Michigan, right? I mean, I think that would be the case. Yeah. Because I doubt the committee will reschedule a Bama-Georgia rematch because they won't they will be – you know what I mean? I, I doubt yeah. it will be two and three.
0: Yeah. Oh, the committee. It's so corrupt. honestly. <laughs> it really is. Um, all right. Well, with that, we'll move on to a, a different league of or competition level of football, the NFL. Um, I mean, we saw week 12 this past week. Um, I mean, some pretty good football. I do. Yeah. I, we got to talk about your Philadelphia Eagles, though. I mean, to start losing to the New York football giants. I mean, that is just. just I'm just going to let you take this one. I mean, we were talking last week. I'll just before you jump in. Jalen Hurts, who's looking like he might be the future, is this guy legit? And, I mean, last week, I don't – I mean, I really kind of – I was really kind of thinking, like, this guy is legit. He might be the guy there. And after this, I'm kind of like, oh, I, I'm not too sure. What are your thoughts on this, this p- performance from your Eagles? This show?
1: is one of the worst. I mean, to me, this is genuinely – I know Eagles fans say it a lot because they tend to – this is really one of the worst losses in recent years for them because – <laughs> Because if they had won this game, Griff, they're in a very good spot to make the playoffs. I mean, they'd, they'd be two games out of the division with a game against the Cowboys if they had won that game. And the Cowboys obviously didn't look fantastic about against the New Orleans Saints last night. That's a whole nother. We'll get into that, though. Um yeah. yeah, this is a really disappointing loss. Um This is the first time they've let Jalen Hurts fling the ball in a while. And this was the result. And I don't love that at all and I mean I mean the second name down on that receiving depth chart I mean it's just it's just appalling I I, this is this guy was a first round pick this guy was a first round pick When did Griffin when's the when's the last time you saw a receiver drop the same receiver drop not one but two touchdowns on the same drive have you ever seen that before have you ever seen that before as bad as we the thing is, as bad as the Philadelphia Eagles had played, the New York Giants are a terrible, terrible football team. The Philadelphia Eagles played about and Daniel Jones. I mean, this guy is a jokester. Get him out of the league. I would even I would even rather have Jalen Hurts because at least Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball plate. This this guy stinks. I don't I, I couldn't believe the Giants. I mean, obviously I know I have some there's some Giants fans zeros to this podcast, and listen, they can talk all that. one. This is a very, they this is their Super Bowl this season. I mean, Darius Slayton after the game, I thought it was a ridiculous – a little bit ridiculous what he was <laughs> tweeting out there um, with him and his three catches. Um, whatever. That's more than the, any of the Eagles got. But, no, Kenny Gainwell. Three <laughs> Kenny Gainwell, <laughs> the running back, three catches for 32 yards. You know what I really like when – you know what I really like when the Heisman Trophy re- winning receiver gets ignored on the final drive? I really like that. Um I just don't get it. And as bad as the Philadelphia Eagles have played, they had played about the worst game possible. They turned the ball in the red zone. Uh, they turned the ball over in the red zone twice. Um, and they still had a chance to win the game at the end of the day. And you had three drops on that final drive and that's inexcusable. That's not winning football. Um, Jalen Rager just, I mean, as if it wasn't enough that Justin Jefferson it, it's not even like Jalen Rager is like a mediocre, like pretty good wide receiver who's like still developing. Uh, and Justin Jefferson was taking after him, so people hate him. Like this guy is terrible. This guy, this guy really, really is not a, is not a good wide receiver. And he always does this thing. I'm sorry, I'm gonna target him personally now. He always does this thing on. It pisses every Eagles fan off. Um, it was just this thing on social media Where he's like ignoring Like after every single week He's like ignoring the haters Like locked in my own zone Hold on Like, like, oh, like I'm gonna, I'm actually going to pull up his Twitter right now For you <laughs> He has the gall to tweet stuff like this Like he after that, game, after that game He posts a picture of himself And he says It says DND It says DND Do not disturb A test of faith Real dull soldier beat the odds over and over, and he deleted the rest of his tweets. Just a uh, just a hall of fame, a hall of fame loser. <laughs> I mean, I think it's disrespectful to com- a lot of Eagles fans like to compare him to Nelson Aguilar, sort of a bust in the same range. But Nelson Aguilar had nine receptions for eighty-four yards in a Super Bowl. This guy isn't even close to Nelson Aguilar. Um, he, he he's terrible. I mean. You can I, I hate to say one play lost a game because it didn't, and we played horrible. The offense was terrible. Um, that Eagles offensive line is elite, though, by the way. And, uh, that, I don't think that's well established at this point, but um, Jalen, and you still have a chance to win the game at the end because, you, by the way, Daniel Jones is not going down the field in 20 seconds. Um, Jalen, I just want to say to all these Giants fans, uh, I and maybe this win, you know, you guys should keep Daniel Jones, you should keep Dave Gettleman and you should keep Joe Judge because it's clearly a very winning converse combination. Griffin, did you know that since 2018, they're the worst team in the NFL? Seen in that phase. It, shouldn't,
0: it shouldn't go viral, honestly. <laughs> this is a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean you covered this game pretty well I mean I mean look I'm gonna even target someone else I mean I mean Jalen hurts just what a let's yeah, no, no, listen, listen,
1: start sorry, sorry sorry I know I don't want to let Jay, Jalen hurts I'll just say this I'll, I'll let you talk but Jalen hurts is awful don't think I'm excusing that performance by the way yeah
0: I mean here here's what I'll say I mean let's look at uh mr number 88 here Dallas got it one yeah. catch and he zero dropped. yards
1: oh I don't know if you saw the last drive but they were on he the job pe- I know. Yeah, they were on the team. Because I had him in
0: fantasy, yeah. And he was would... terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just gave this guy what 60, 67 million dollars to play tight end or something crazy. Yeah,
1: it's like 30, yeah, it's like 39 million guaranteed.
0: I mean, for one catch and zero yard, that's unacceptable. I mean, just yeah, as a game yeah, no, plan. I, think- I mean, this is This is, I mean, you've got on the other side, Kenny Galladay. That's uh, the same situation. I mean, what are these teams doing? I don't understand it. I mean, this one we saw, I mean, the New York giants are also so stupid to go out and with Kenny Galladay and have these stories released where they're going to say, yes, we're going to really try to get this guy involved today. We're really going to try and get him the first touchdown. I mean, every pass in the red zone was going to Kenny Galladay and the Eagles knew. I mean, it's ridiculous. (laughs) It's like these people think these things are not going to come out and he, I mean, what is going on? I mean, this is just insane. These teams are both god awful. I'm sorry, Rob, but, I mean, yeah, maybe the Eagles had a hope of making the playoffs. I mean, they could still make it, but this team is is just not very good, to be honest. I mean, you cannot be losing the football Giants. And I just think Howie I mean, Roseman is just—he yeah. just needs to go at this point. I mean, I mean this. I think you're doing
1: riled up here. I think you're trying to get me riled up here about Howie Roseman because <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even sure. I think people just overlook this around the NFL because I guess. People don't care about the Eagles. Although people really do care about, care about the Eagles, but that's a, that's another discussion. Um, my, I, I just don't really understand how you get rid of your Super Bowl winning. I mean, Howie Roseman, how many GMs are allowed for head coaches? The, almost none. Almost none. How do you fire your Super Bowl winning head coach and keep Howie Roseman? I would have been fine if they fired both Doug and Howie. I really don't think Doug should have gone. They really should have given more of a leash. That was his first bad season since his first year as a head coach. He had, won, he had made three straight playoff appearances. He won four playoff games in his last three years before that. Knocked, I, I just don't get it from the from the Philadelphia Eagles. But Howie Roseman is just a little rat, and I hate him so much, and he needs to go. And, like, oh, but it won't happen because Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are, like, attached at the hip. He views him as, like, a son, basically. Uh, there's this great article from The Athletic that came out um, about six months ago, about two months after the—I don't know, honestly, my time frame—but it was about two months after the Eagle season ended that said, like, Jeffrey Lurie is pretty much like Jerry Jones, the organization, and taking complete control of it, which is really not good. Um, I just don't get it, and I don't, and and I think uh, the Eagles should have won this game by two touchdowns, and they would have. With the, the issue to me, the quarterback isn't good enough. He's not. Because I've said it before, with an actual quarterback, I think this this Philadelphia Eagles team has seven or eight wins right now. Um, it's just it's not good. I think the Eagles' best option really is to probably let them play for next year because the draft is really not good this year, yeah. and then, and then the twenty twenty three QB draft is very is very good. Um, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, obviously. Um, so I think I would wait for one of those guys because it's the cheapest and most inexpensive option. Which you kind of need right now because he just gave sixty million dollars to Dallas Goddard. But yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll finish this. We've been talking about this game for a while now, so I'm gonna kind of hit a, a final point and then we'll move on. Um, I mean, I think kind of what I was talking about. I mean, with Howard Rosen, just the talent evaluation um, in this organization just appears to be so poor right now. I mean, you got to look at these two draft classes in recent years. In 2019, with the 57th pick, the Eagles took J.J. Or Sega whiteside DK Metcalf was available and picked seven picks later. I don't know. I mean, even Paris Campbell would have been a better option. I mean, I mean, G.J. I don't think there was anything even there that was really like. I don't know. And then last year, obviously, you have Jalen Rager picked over Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's just like you've got to find these players that are superstars. And, and to me, to me have
1: these, they, they, I think they finally started drafting this strategy this year. But ask any Eagles fan, you know. The best strategy is to draft the best players who play the best against the against elite-level competition. Instead of from, yeah. I'm sorry, TCU, and um, uh, Stanford. Stanford. Right. Draft the guys, and they you, we've already seen the fruits of it because Devontae Smith is a – I know he didn't have the best game, but he's not being targeted. I think even you will he is a very – he's going to be, I think, a very, very good wide receiver. Um, yeah. Especially with a real quarterback. Yeah. I mean, this, this guy's probably going to have 1,000 yards his rookie season. Um he just needs and, to
0: bulk a little bit, a little more weight still. I think weight just a little bit more, you know. Just is, a little.
1: Is, did you see that catch against the um against the Saints? No, he's very good.
0: He's very good.
1: Uh, wrong. Jamar Chase um has slowed down in recent weeks, which I find very interesting. I think teams are really targeting him though. If you really watch the Cincinnati Bengals, I think teams are making a very concerted effort to take him away. So yeah, I think all yeah. these wide receivers are really good. But yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, that was a lot. Um, I mean, yeah. that was a an all time Eagles rant, to be honest. There, um, <laughs> Bucks Colts, that was a great game. Um, I mean, I don't even know how much we really need to jump into it, though. To be honest,
1: um, the issue with that game, I mean, the Colts. The, the, I'll, I'll just say this: the Colts being pretty bad earlier in the year is really going to come back to haunt them because their schedule isn't like they have bad teams, but they have some pretty good teams too. I mean, their schedule really is not a not a cakewalk for the rest. I mean, two out of the, I mean, after they play um, the Texans this weekend, they have to play the Patriots and the Cardinals. So, yeah, I, I just think, I don't know if nine and eight is going to be enough because I think they're going to lose to both of those teams personally. Um, I don't know if nine and eight will be enough to get them in because I think this is a pretty good football team. I hate to say it, but I think losing to all those bad teams earlier and losing, you know, not being in the greatest of shape earlier in the season, losing to the Seahawks by 12 at home is really going to come back to bite them. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's talk about Packers Rams here. And honestly, I mean the Browns game, that was just an all time bad game. I mean, I've never seen that bad of a football. I mean, the Cleveland Baker Mayfield needs to be on the bench. I mean, that's just all there is to that Baker Mayfield. He needs to be put on rest for the season. He's not hundred percent clean Browns are or injury riddled, whatever. Um the Green Bay Packers have proved me wrong this year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is looking fantastic. AJ Dillon has been great. Monte, obviously, you know what you're getting out of him. But the LA Rams, I mean, this is a team with all the star power they have. It question is marks, not Griffin. going well. There's not, some. They did marks. not want to see. There are some big question marks. Matthew Stafford has not looked amazing. I mean, the stat line looks good, but he really did not play particularly any amazing in this game. I mean, the LA Rams—they didn't win a game in November, Rob. I mean, with all this star power, I mean, they bring in those. I mean, I, I'm kind of. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think Odell is, is kind of a locker room curse. To be honest, I think he's like at this point. Yeah, like I, I mean, I Odell.
1: Like, I think these issues were even before. I I, I mean, I kind of think these issues were even before Odell. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's fair to put this all on Odell Griff. I don't
0: know, I think Odell, but it's. I just Odell is not Robert Woods. Is what I'm trying to say. Like he no, is no, not.
1: Of course, of course, but Griffin, that defense, no. that defense has not looked good. Um, no, I think. The issue with the Los Angeles Rams is, like, if you don't win it, like, this year or next year, they're directionless. Yeah. I mean, I don't – I've said it before. I don't think they're as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this this is a really concerning list because I think – I thought they were better than the Green Bay Packers. I really did I know I picked the Packers. But, I mean, I know that score says 36-28. But you and I both know that game was not –
0: I mean, look at – Look at the fourth quarter. I mean, they put up, it was 36 to 17 going
1: into the fourth. Yeah. Um, Not good from Los Angeles Rams. And I think obviously the number one concern on this this team is Matthew Stafford's play. And it has been that way for about a month. Um, He's just not looked great. I mean, listen. Matthew Stafford isn't Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He's not. And I think that's going to show – I think that's going to show itself in the playoffs, especially without two – I'm going to call them – I think Robert Woods is a borderline elite wide receiver. I really do. Combined with his blocking ability, I think he's the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL, and he's an extremely good pass catcher. And like you said, I think this is less about Odell not being there and more about him not being what Robert Woods brings to that team. Um, Yeah, Matthew Stafford's play, if he can get it back on track, it's a very – he needs to simple as that
0: yeah yeah I mean there were some things in the media this week that he's really banged up but he's got like chronic back pain really you know is really banged up right now and I don't know I'm a little worried about the Rams um I just think it's it's just like and someone brought it up this week but I don't necessarily agree with what they said I think it was Troy Aikman that these all-star teams really never seem to work out in the NFL which I kind of disagree with because you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah, and then, the Buccaneers
1: last year yeah but I think it's
0: interesting because I think he has a point in that you can't just put a bunch of elite players together and expect to win I think there's got to be a lot of common glue and I I feel like on that LA Rams defense I'm going to be honest I think the linebacking core is what's going to cost them I mean you have Von Miller sure but in terms of pass coverage I mean this linebacking core is not very good I mean there's not one elite player on that linebacking group in terms of pass coverage you've got a pretty quality secondary with Jalen Ramsey and I know they've got guys like Darius Williams, Jordan Fuller is pretty solid. You've got Taylor Rapp, but that linebacking core, I think it's kind of costing them. And that D line is very good, but Aaron, outside of Aaron Donald, I mean, you have Von Miller, obviously, but I mean, who else is really playing on I mean, the Troy reader? I mean, this guy, I mean, who, Oh, that's a line. I mean, I don't even know who these players are. That's part of the problem.
1: Greg Gaines. Greg, Sean Gaines
0: Robinson. Greg Gaines is a pretty good
1: player. I think.
0: I mean, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm worried about the Rams. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I'm definitely worried about them. I just don't think, but I've said it all year. I mean, they're not the best team in the NFC. And I think there's a team that's going to make a very big end of the season run in that division. And I think you can probably guess who it is. I think the San Francisco 49ers are getting into shape. And I think it's a player sight for the National Football League. I'm not really sure what, what the end of that game was, why they gave the Niners a chance, like the, the Vikings a chance to win that game. I don't know if you saw that.
0: Yeah, um, the, the, I don't know what's going on. I mean, they, the Vikings are screwed now without Dalvin Cook. Their their season is over. I mean, not even that. Game. I
1: mean, it's just like that. That was that. That game was pretty much for their season. But like I said, the Forty Nine ers are are getting are whipping up into shape, and I think it's not going to good. But like Griffin, to me, like who's getting that third wild card spot in the NFC? I think it will be between like the Eagles, the Vikings, and probably Washington Football Team. Uh, yep which is probably one of the saddest sentences I've ever said out loud.
0: Um, I mean, that all three of those teams will get bounced. I mean, the Vikings, I think, are the only team out of those three teams that would have a chance in the first su- round.
1: I don't think any of them do because I think the Vikings suck too, Griffin, because I think Kirk Cousins will shrink like he always does on prime, uh, on, the, on the big stage. And obviously, Justin <laughs> Jeff- you saw that video of Justin Jefferson last week, right? The uh, with, No, I did not. He was like really pissed after Kirk missed missed him on a uh, two point conversion, and the all twenty two showed that he was really not happy about it. I mean, really not happy about it, and rightfully so. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, and that's why the Vikings won't won't go anywhere. And they have the they have the Rams and the Packers left to play. So, I mean, we'll see what hap we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And the Eagles would have had a right. play on the, the Eagles would have had a playoff spot locked if they had won last weekend. <laughs> All
0: right, Cowboys Saints, real quick. I mean, the New Orleans Saints, we get it; they suck. Um, I think this is more of an issue that the the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, their offense is just god. I mean, it's just it not good right good. now. I don't that know. Was
1: not good yesterday. I don't know. I mean, they. No, they did not. The the Saints had a chance to win until the third Taysom Hill inter, interception. Really, I mean, if Taysom Hill. I think – I mean, how many quarterbacks – if the Saints – how many quarterbacks do you think the Saints could have and win that game yesterday? Two-thirds of the league? I mean, maybe anybody besides Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. And Taysom Hill. I mean (laughs) – Can we stop with this guy, please?
0: so getting 60 mil or something?
1: For – I mean, he might be one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever. Seen. Listen, Taysom Hill could have been a really fun gadget guy who nobody hated, but because of Sean Payton paying him fifty bajillion dollars, he's out. He's going to become everyone's target. And I think people also forget the fact that like Taysom Hill isn't some like exciting young prospect. Like this dude is thirty is thirty one years old because he he's a he's a Mormon. Um, um, I love little Jordan Humphrey.
0: I mean, what a name! Just what a that's name.
1: He was quite the player. Who are, they? Who are
0: these guys? I, they're running out of anyone. These, I mean, Nick Vanetta. I, I, mean, <laughs> like oh, I thought like I was retired, bro.
1: he only like twenty something. Uh, didn't think I'd be doing this today, but I'm looking up Nick Vanetta.
0: Twenty eight years of age.
1: Oh, twenty eight years of age. <laughs> um. Yeah. Not good. Not good from the from the from the New Orleans Saints, and not good from the Dallas Cowboys. I mean. Trayvon Diggs getting another interception, but I, I did you did you watch the game? Did you watch the live broadcast of this game?
0: Parts and bits and pieces, bits and pieces.
1: So I, I I tuned in for the Trayvon Diggs interception, and Troy Aikman is like spinning, like really trying to spin the Taysom Hillner to to Trayvon Diggs interception, and this great play from Trayvon Diggs, and like Taysom Hill threw it right to him. And he was <laughs> like, he didn't even have to move. Um, I don't know. Dak Prescott has not looked like Dak Prescott um, a lot. I mean, he was pretty good in the Raiders game, but they can't run the ball whatsoever. Um, I know they had a 50, but at, by that same token, you know, that 58 yard rushing touchdown doesn't happen. They're up 13 to 10. Taysom probably doesn't throw that pick six. I mean, Saints have a, the Saints, I, I I can't state this enough. The Saints had a million chances to win this game, a million, and they couldn't capitalize. I, it was actually pretty reminiscent of the Philadelphia Eagles' loss, uh, the Sunday before. Um, but yeah, Taysom Hill, not an NFL, not an NFL quarterback, maybe not even an NFL player, really. Um, but I think this concerns like more with the Cowboys here because they're they're really not among the nfc's elite i mean i don't really put them on that tier with even the rams the packers and the buccaneers still i mean i don't know how you feel but to me they're just they're just not in that tier um and i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on whether whether you agree or disagree with that
0: i mean yeah i right now i i just i i agree with what you'd say um I mean, I just don't know what's going on with this offense. I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was so electrifying, and, and they were just moving the ball so well, and now it's just dead. I mean, it's just – just, I don't know what is going on. Um, I mean, with all the playmakers they have, this should be a much better offense. I think Zeke is – you know, you can tell he's a little banged up. He was definitely a little more quick, explosive yeah. at the beginning of the year. I think, you know, he's kind of lost a little bit of it. Um, I mean, Tony Pollard, he's pretty explosive, but – I don't know. I mean, this Dak Prescott does not look good. Like you've said, I, I just think the play calling is also just atrocious. I mean, I just don't know what they're doing really, to be honest with this play call. Um, yeah. It's just a very questionable. I feel like most of this time, Mark Cooper, he was obviously, it seemed very limited in this game because of, you know, he was out recently with COVID and all that. I mean, he's not done any, I mean, you gotta get Amari Mark Cooper more involved. I, I know CD lamb's great and all, but Mark Cooper's not been involved this year. I mean, you look at that week one game, I mean, he was just 13 of 16 for like 200 yeah. yards almost. I mean, what happened to that? I mean, where is that offense? I mean, Now he's getting two catches, like four catches for 30 yards. And I mean, what is going on? This guy is, you know, he's a very good wide receiver and, and they're paying him a lot of money. And to not use him is just so stupid. I mean, I still don't understand these teams paying these receivers this large sum of money. And obviously, CeeDee Lamb's exceptional. I'm not saying take the ball out of CD Lamb's hands, but just feed Amari Cooper a little more. I mean, this offense, you're passing the ball 40 times and. I, I, I mean, it's just not
1: good. Yeah. All great,
0: right. Great. Yeah. All right. With that, let's move on. This first game, I think, will both be unanimous, even though you hate Carson Wentz. I'm going to take the Colts. I think JT is going to have – you know, he had a – they were slow with him last week. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, you just saw immediately once they gave him the ball, it was like, oh, wow, this offense looks good all of a sudden. It's like, who would have thought? They were trying to get too cute with Carson Wentz wow. there. Um, I expect Jonathan Taylor to get I expect JT to have a big game here. Um, I mean, I just think the Houston Texans are also god-awful. So, given the Colts in this one, um, probably by two scores or so.
1: The slate is not great outside of chargers Bengals, from what I'm seeing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going with the, the Indianapolis Colts here. Obviously, the, the Texans are terrible. How do they beat the Titans? How do they beat the Titans? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Was that
0: last week? Did we not even talk about it? I oh,
1: no, think that, that was two weeks ago. I mean, they got just dist- the Titans got blown out by the Patriots. And they should have that's probably a game we should have touched on, but but the, the Tennessee Titans. I didn't, I don't even think the Tennessee the Tennessee just suck. I think they just stink. And I think the New England Patriots are one of the two best teams in the AFC, if not the best team in the AFC. Yeah, I
0: agree. I mean we'll talk about the Patriots a little further yeah. down against Buffalo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tennessee. I mean, I think Tennessee is in the downward spot. This next game, I mean, these are all, I feel like, easy picks. I mean, this is the Vikings to me. I, the Detroit Lions, I mean, after that Thanksgiving game, no DeAndre Swift here, most likely. I mean, you just – this team is just not good. Dan Campbell, like we've said, he's just proven to be a bad play caller. I mean, he has no idea what he's doing. and You got to expect – I mean, this guy was what, the assistant tight end coach? I mean, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's pretty fired up. But, come on, uh, this guy, get this guy on the peg. I mean, Jared Goff, the, I mean, it's a joke, this franchise right now. I mean, what's there to even look forward to at the number one pick? You're getting an edge rusher. I mean, they're not. That's not going to change a franchise. I mean, I think what really screwed them, set them back that third overall pick they took Jeff Okuda, who obviously was so exceptional in college. But this guy's just been so injured and not that good on the field. That's really killed them. That number three spot. I just don't think you pick a cornerback that high up. We're going to see Derek Stingley this year is probably going to get picked
1: very highly, the star cornerback at LSU. But I think, but I think Stingley, I think Stingley is on a whole new level to like almost. By the, by that same token, you had a guy like Pat Serdan drafted eighth this year. He was he was he's been outstanding this year. He's been the second best defensive rookie in the NFL. Um, but yeah, behind Michael Parsons clearly, who's been on a who's been yeah. a, on a different planet entirely. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can generalize about all corners, but I think Jeff Okuda has been very unlucky with injury luck, and yeah, the the Lions overall talent identification is. is um, and um not very good either. they have a lot of picks they have a lot of picks in the future i mean i just feel bad for lions fans at this point i mean what a disgraceful franchise simple as that i'll go i'll yeah. go into this game here i'm obviously picking the vikings um i'm gonna go to miami dolphins here who have been playing some pretty good football lately i think people are talking about this like revival for tua to me the issue is like I think the Miami Dolphins could actually be pretty freaking good with, like, a real quarterback in there. Um, and, yeah, I, I said all I needed to say about the Giants for one episode. So, people obviously made my feelings toward uh, on them. And I'm going to pick that Miami Dolphins, which it kind of sucks for the Eagles because I thought we were going to have a top three pick. But the Miami Dolphins might actually end up, like, making the playoffs in the AFC, which kind of sucks because their next games after this are the Jets and the Saints. Uh, so, Yeah. Stinks, but I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins here. I think they're a far better team than the New York Giants. I really do, uh, and I'm not sold. Yeah, on, I mean, I'm not sold on Tua.
0: Yeah, I mean look, the Miami Dolphins five and seven. All of a sudden, this looks like a nice one. They'd be. I mean, this Miami Dolphins team. It's so weird. Um, I mean, look, Jalen Waddle. He's been exceptional this year. He's been a fantastic wide receiver for them. Um, I mean, their running back, their O line. I mean, is just god awful. It might yeah. be the worst one in the league.
1: Yeah, you could have three AFC um, East teams in the playoffs this year if the, if the Dolphins keep this up, though.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is a Dolphins win. Um, I mean, here's the thing with Tua.
1: Tua is – he's not
0: – the thing with him is he's not a flashy quarterback. He's honestly a worse Mac Jones is what I would say. He's not a flashy quarterback.
1: I think he's very. I think you can't
0: really throw the deep ball.
1: He's very reliant. I mean, they run RPO. I don't know if you if you've seen this. I'm sure you. Yeah, you have. Probably. I'm sure you. They run RPO, which is like obviously it makes the game much easier for the quarterback. Um, like, yeah, they run RPO. on, like like 50 percent more than any other team does. Um, so I think that's interesting. And funny enough, I think the Patriots run it like the second most. So, <laughs> yeah. uh. Yeah, I mean, I think Tua's fine. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think, like, like I always ask myself these quarterbacks with those questions, Tua, uh, these questions, Tua, Jalen Hurts, you know, all the, all the rest of these guys, right? Do I ever think they're going to be good enough to the point where they're going to be elevating the team, dragging a team to an NFC championship game or to a Super Bowl or being a top six, seven quarterback in the league? I don't see it with, with these guys. And I think it's become such a quarterback heavy league that at this stage, I, I really am. I, I know this is still a pretty new strategy. A lot of teams are doing it. I would keep doing what the Arizona Cardinals are doing. If you don't find your guy and you're, and this guy isn't a superstar draft. Another one. I, I mean, we've seen what elite quarterback play can do. We saw what it did for the Arizona Cardinals. They went from a bottom feeder to one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, they add a lot of other pieces, but regardless, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I just think the Miami Dolphins, they're going to be – I don't think it was their fault because I would have picked two over Herbert, but that two over Herbert pick is just – it's just, it, its brutal because – I'm just, and I'm seeing – sorry, I'm going to go I'm, – I'm feeling a little ranty today. But uh, I think it's <laughs> Justin Herbert criticism, which is, I find – I don't know if you've seen this anywhere. People, pretty, people have been a little harsh on Justin Herbert recently. Uh, on the CBS NFL Today show, uh, I figured he was talking about it. He was being a little harsh on uh, Justin Herbert. I, I just don't get it, man. Uh, this guy is an exceptional quarterback. He's in year two. And I, and I really think he's even being handicapped by his offense, offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, who I think is bringing a lot of uh, like final years, Drew Brees, like slant Michael Thomas offense because he's the former coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. And I think he's really limiting Justin Herbert. Sorry, I'm getting into the Chargers-Bengals game a little here, early here, but that's just how I feel. I think... Tua can never be a Justin Herbert type of quarterback. And that's why I just think you got to move on from him. Cause I think, you know, you got insanely lucky sometimes like Nick Foles, but you need elite level quarterback play to get to the top. Um, you do. Even, J- even Jared Goff prior to the Super Bowl was excellent in 2018. Um, and I just don't see Tua ever becoming that guy in my life. Yeah. I mean, I
0: think Tua, um, and we'll move on after this. I mean, Tua, um, you know he he's he's just a guy who you know completion percentage wise he's he's been good this year he's been exceptional um you know he's just a quick release guy this guy's not a guy you want to throw the deep ball he's not a guy who might march you down the field as quick as you want um so we'll see I mean I think the Dolphins I think he's fine like you said I don't think he's anything special he's kind of just mediocre and uh, he, I mean he's played better this year though give him that he's improved yeah he's sure, so sure. a lot better recently but um yeah Miami Dolphins are of us here I'll lead us into this next game um where we will. Both be, I'm assuming, taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, obviously, they did beat the Jaguars last week, but just not a good team right now. Outside of Cordell Patterson, I guess you Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has kind of been cold recently, these last five or six weeks. He's been really bad. I mean, it's so weird. He was so good for a few weeks and then all of a sudden it's just dormant right right then. I guess teams can just really focus all their attention to him. But this will be the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I mean, with Tom Brady, I think the, the Bucks gotta be the favorite in the NFL, to be honest. I know that's a whole nother conversation, but I just can't put the – I mean, that defense, they have a lot of injuries. So, that would be what costs them at the end of the day. A, B, obviously, the whole suspension at this point. Who knows what the hell is going on with him. But um, I'm going to take the Bucks here.
1: Yeah, I mean, same – I don't think there's too much to talk about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers here. The Falcons are really bad. The Buccaneers are really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, and then I'll lead us into the ne- next week's game. I, I – uh, th- th- I can't pick a Joe Flacco-led team to win a game. of <laughs> my bias here. I'm going to go with the Eagles here. No, Zach Wilson's here, though. Zach Wilson's back. Oh, Zach Wilson's back. Zach Wilson is back. You're right. I'm not going to go with the Zach Wilson-led team to win a game here. <laughs> um, I'm picking the Eagles here. They're not going to lose to both New York teams two weeks in a row. And I think the only way they do lose is if Jalen Hurts has a similar performance. And I don't think the Eagles will even let him have a similar performance because they'll run the ball 90 times and probably win like 24-7 or something like that. So yeah, that's my prediction.
0: I'm going to go with the New York Jets here. Um, I think this is a game the Jets can win. They won last week against the Houston Texans. I think Zach Wilson last week, uh, not a great performance, but I think he'll be a little bit better coming off that injury, another week healed. Um, you know, I think this Jets team is, a little bit better than people give them credit for. I think there's, you know, some good components to that defense. Um, I mean, this is a weird Jets team, obviously, but I, I just really do not think the Philadelphia Eagles are very good after last week. I agree, Jalen Hurts will bounce back, but I think Zach Wilson's gonna have a better week too. Um and I think that uh, you know, I think this is just one of those things. The New York Jets are gonna pick up the win here. Um in the early slate. I think Zach Wilson's gonna have his best performance of his career. And yeah, I'm gonna go with the New York Jets here.
1: Zach Wilson's face is so funny in his uh, picture for the New York Jets. I just looked him up to see his stats and <laughs> just it's just hilarious. It <sighs> looks like you a little bit.
0: Let me see. I'll look, look a, it up. And why, don't you, looks
1: why like don't you you
0: lead us into this next game while I look this up?
1: All right, all right. Uh, Cardinals Bears. I assume both of us are going to pick the Cardinals here. I mean, the, the Bears are just kind of like a, I mean Matt Nagy's just a duck, just a duck, sitting duck. And I think the Cardinals might win this game by, like, this is just going to be an appalling game to watch. I mean, these two teams, these two franchises as a whole can be going in more opposite directions. I mean, the Bears have a quarterback and not much – a quarterback to build around and not much else. And Matt Nagy, I mean, this guy's got to go, man. He's got to go. Uh, So, Cardinals here. I assume you're going to pick the Cardinals here too, so. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm tempted to pick the Bears a little bit, but, I mean, if Kyler is out, it entices me a little bit, but from what I've Johnny, seen, I think Johnny Kyler's going to end up playing. Yeah, can you hear
1: me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, sorry.
0: Okay, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think if Kyler plays um, or doesn't play, this becomes a little more interesting. But I'm just going to bank on the fact I believe he's going to play. Let's see what they say. Um, I think mean, it really doesn't look like there's anything about Kyler not playing. So I think Kyler's going to play. I think the Cardinals will win this game. I mean, I just think the Bears are very good. Honestly, I didn't think we should spend too much time talking about it. We can move on to the next game, chargers bengals And I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game here. They just absolutely annihilated the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals team is actually a very good football team. I think this team has a chance to win the AFC North. Um, I really do believe that. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and
1: Tyler Boyd. That's a great wide receiver room. All right, sorry, um, Griffin, I have to interrupt you. I have to interrupt you. The Alabama okay. – All- has put 24 on Georgia's head at halftime.
0: Crazy, considering a week ago they could barely beat Auburn. Um, that, I mean, they made their adjustments. That's expected. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I mean, Joe Mixon has just been running the ball so well. I mean, this has been arguably the second-best running back in the league these last five, six weeks or so, obviously second to Jonathan Taylor. So I'm going to pick the Bengals. Um, I think Justin Herbert – I mean, I know – you were talking about his criticism. That's a little unfair. I mean, this guy's just been a little inconsistent. He's on my fantasy team. And I'll be honest, yeah, I mean, there's I weeks know. where he's, ex- the weeks where he's exceptional, he looks like the best quarterback in the NFL. But the weeks where he's not, and he's a little off his game, or maybe playing a team that's a little bit better, it's not as good. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals is an underrated defense. My favorite moment in the NFL, honestly, these last few years was last year. I'm, I believe it was Thursday or Monday. I think it was Monday Night Football. I believe the Cincinnati Bengals were starting Ryan Finley at quarterback against the Pittsburgh yes. Steelers yes and that was maybe one of the funniest games in terms of that the cincinnati bang i mean that culture that game i mean i know it's totally off topic but just what in it that was maybe one of my favorite moments mackenzie alexander catching an interception and then doing like the high step in the middle of the field like <laughs> running to the ends i mean they were like i mean I, i'm gonna go watch the highlights of that after this game that's a total side note i'm gonna go with the Bengals. honestly even though they're in the cleveland browns division it's a fun team it's a fun group i'm gonna pick the Bengals.
1: Yeah, the Cleveland Browns are done, by the way, Griffin. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, no, their season's over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals here, too. Uh, I think that offense looked awesome last week. I think Joe Burrow has improved a ton. I think at the beginning of the season, you knew I wasn't the biggest Joe uh, Joe Burrow believer. But I I think he's a really good quarterback. I still have that little bit of concern of whether he can lead a team to a Super Bowl. um, But I think the team is really good. And I, I really think, Griffin, I really think the Chargers offensive play calling is really bad. Man, I really do. Yeah. I think Joe Lombardi really needs to go after the offseason. I have a couple of Chargers friend uh from the friend, which is kind of weird. But they they really they, they they despise they despise this guy. They 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 despise this guy. Um yeah, I'm gonna go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, like you said, they took apart the um Pittsburgh Steelers last week and I'm pretty sure they've been pretty good at home all season long, if am unless I'm Yeah, player. they have
0: been. They've been I mean they lost to Cleveland, but other than that, it's been pretty good, I think.
1: Yeah, they've only lost to the Packers and uh, the Browns at home all, this entire season. So, um, I'm going to go with the Bengals over the Chargers. And what's the Chargers record currently? Are they 6-5? and five? Yeah. 6-6 yeah. six and six Chargers. I mean, they're going to be a ton of teams competing for that last AFC wild card spot. I mean, the AFC is a disaster right now. Total mess.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, 12 Total teams mess. over 100 or, so, or, or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um this next game, I mean, we don't even have to I am not even gonna talk. We already talked about the Rams. We'll both pick the Rams here. That's not the question.
1: So the Rams too. And 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 I'll yeah. go with the I'll, I'll go with the Raiders here. I think Washington football team has been playing pretty good football, but I do think the Raiders are a substantially better team than them. Um I don't know. I don't think I can pick Washington. I just don't think I can ever like pick Washington. <laughs> uh especially Especially to win three weeks in a row, I think that's a little bit unheard of. And segwaying into the, and I'll, I'll even take us. Are you going to take? Who are you going to take here?
0: I'm going to pick the Washington football team here, and I'll tell you why. Um, okay. I think the Washington football team's been playing some exceptional football. I think that defense has finally kind of figured it out a little bit, and I think really what they're doing well is they're leaning on Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Finally, um, this guy was really not getting the work. I mean, look, I don't think Antonio Gibson's an elite running back. But this guy's been playing very good football these last few weeks. And I mean, 36 touches or so. You saw what that offense did. It was able to, and I mean, I think it's the key with the Washington football team. Terry McLaurin's a great player, obviously, but they're just able to kind of chew clock in this game. And they kind of can just run down the clock on you, take you on these long, long drives, and just chew the game and just not give you opportunities. And I think this Raiders team, no Darren Waller. I think it's gonna hurt them because Darren Waller is just by far that best offensive player. The fact where he draws a lot of the attention so now the the this football team defense will be able to give it a little more widespread I think it's going to take targets like Hunter Renfro give him a little bit of trouble so I'm gonna pick the washington football team I think it's a uh, I mean I'm kind of sold a little bit a little bit on this team
1: to uh, make I mean the, I mean, the, the girlfriend to be fair look at the offenses they've faced the last two weeks they played the – I pin. mean they, but they they beat the buccaneers they beat the bucks they beat the buccaneers they did beat the buccaneers they also lost to the Broncos. They made Brady
0: look bad that game. I can't I can't agree with you when, when they made Brady look that awful that game.
1: I guess I'm gonna pick the Raiders here regardless. We'll see it. We'll see it tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow.
0: We will. I mean, this next game is easy, I think, for both of us. The Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely suck. We heard reports today that Ben Roethlisberger is telling people this might be his last year with the Steelers, which I find it's comical that he's not just saying he's retiring because who <laughs> the hell is gonna want <laughs> he's gonna this
1: gonna guy? Fight, like it's hilarious to me that, like, he has the agency over this. As if the Steelers, like, we're going to – I mean, the fact that he, they, they decided to bring him back this year is, like, one of the most puzzling decisions I can remember in the NFL. Um, yeah, I'm going to go at the Baltimore Ravens. They are
0: screwed at quarterback if they do not... not make a trade this offseason. I think
1: they need to trade for Russell Wilson because I think they really have the pieces to do it, or, or Aaron Rodgers, one of the two. Um, they're not going to get a quarterback in the draft. Um, unless they want to let, like, Mason Rudolph play the entirety of next year and suck and get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, but their defense is too good. Maybe to they'll do
0: that. Yeah but, That'd be kind
1: of nice. yeah, but they have too many guys like Amiga Fitzpatrick next year to, like, even consider doing that, I feel like.
0: That's true. That's true. That's true.
1: So I'll go with the Ravens here. I think they're much better than the Steelers. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we'll both go Ravens there. I mean, I think the Ravens, they're, they're not playing as good recently, though. That's for sure. The Ravens have looked very <laughs> sketchy recently. Um all right, moving on to the next scene. 49ers, we kind of already talked about them a little bit. That's who I'm picking here. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks.
1: They're terrible. They I mean, the New, York,
0: the New York Jets are going to have two top five picks here this yeah. year. The Seahawks are got all, I mean, Pete Carroll, as good as a head coach as this guy's been, I think, it, I think it's, it's time to move on. Time to it's, go. Time. it's time. It's time to go. I mean, this guy, I think he's kind of stuck in some of these olden ways. I mean, I, I'm just not impressed with what I'm seeing. The play call is just not – I mean, this team is just – I mean, we've talked about it so many times, and I don't want to get started on the Seattle Seahawks again because I've already, I feel like, kind of gone into a few little rants about them. But this <laughs> team true. is just screwed for the future. I mean, come on. I mean, the Jamal Adams trade has got to go down as one of the worst trades in the history of the game. Yeah, their
1: quarterback is their quarterback is gone in the offseason. He's not staying, staying here next year.
0: Oh, no, he's, he's gone. Um, I mean, DK Metcalf's great and all that. They're not even using him. I mean, I think DK Metcalf has always struggled against elite competition. I'll be honest. I mean, when we see DK face with some of these elite corners, he's yeah. always been shut down and been
1: quiet. It's the whole, I mean, he owned Darius Slay last year, to be fair to him. Um, I mean, look, I mean, there's just this defense. What's there to
0: like about it? There's nothing, nothing good. Jamal Adams had his first career interception or so, I believe. Was that it? First career interception?
1: I think, yeah, that's that, 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 that's correct. I mean, I think, it's just
0: the running back horrible. I, I mean, I, this oh, offense. the D line, O line is just horrible. I mean, it's like Rob. I could talk about how bad without this team is. No, what's good? What's good? Offense.
1: An offense with Tyler Lockett. How do we
0: think this team is going to be good? How do we think this team is
1: going to be? I mean, this the thing is, an offer, an offense with only Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, and D and DK Metcalf, hypothetically, should not be this bad. But this offense is horrible. This is maybe the worst offense in the NFL right now in a league with the Houston Texans and New York Jets. And then and, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're the worst out of all of them. I mean, this is terrible. This is a terrible, terrible football team. Um, yeah, what are they? They're three and nine right now, three and eight.
0: Yeah, three and something. Three yeah. and eight. I mean, thank you. That New York Jets pick is gonna be. Yeah,
1: and I'm five. I'm gonna go with the with the San Francisco 49ers this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, jump into this next game. I mean, Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos are six and five. What's going on, Rob?
1: Yeah, after, I mean, after obviously, home, I kind of figured they were done after that Eagles loss. I got to be honest with you.
0: I mean, you've said Vic Fangio is going to be fired fifty times, and then they go out and beat up on the on the on the Los Angeles Chargers last week. Get, I, Vic I Fangio don't. is doing a good Vic Fangio, making himself extended after this season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you know how I feel about the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm a Patrick Mahomes fanboy. I mean, I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be the eventual champions of the AFC this year. Um, and I think they're really. I think the fact that they. I think they figured it out. And when the Chiefs figure it out, they're very dangerous. And by the way, that defense has stepped it up, Griffin. That defense has stepped it up after being historically bad. they they've come back to league average. Um, and I'm gonna go with the Chiefs, and I, I assume I assume you agree here. I assume you agree playing in Arrowhead on a prime in primetime.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs here. I think this is an easy win for them. I mean, Denver Broncos. I think with Teddy P, come on, Teddy Bridgewater's playing. <laughs> I mean, this team's a joke. I don't know how this team's gotten this far. Um, their defense is pretty solid. Though. You got to give them credit to that. And yeah, I mean, Chiefs come by. Patrick, I mean, we'll Patrick Sertan is yeah, Patrick Sertan is a- great and Bradley Chubb's been back. I mean, he's been battling injuries all year, but I mean, yeah, this seems good. I, I don't even think I really need to talk about it. Everyone knows the Chiefs. Everyone knows this deal. I'm, I'm going to jump to this next game, though. Pats-Bills. I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills in this one. I know the Pats are the hot team, but I think the Bills, this is a huge game for them. Monday night, in that Buffalo atmosphere. I mean, that's a tough place to play in a primetime night game. Honestly, I don't know the forecast. Could be snow at this time of the year. I mean, if there's snow, that'd be even better, but Josh Allen, a much better performance last week um, against New Orleans on Thanksgiving. Um, I believe maybe not though. Did he have two picks? I think he might have two picks.
1: oh no, I mean I think Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I think he
0: did have two picks.
1: I think yeah. Josh Allen. Has, I'm still picking the Bills. I think Josh Allen has regressed in a in, in a big way this year. I don't think he's been a top five quarterback this year uh, at all. I think he had a really bad month. I think he had a really bad month of November. I don't know. I mean, I like Josh Allen. I still, I, I still do believe in him. So don't get me wrong. I mean, I do have a little skepticism though. He really hasn't been a great NFL quarterback in three out of his four seasons in the league. Um. I mean, this is a guy. I mean, Josh Allen. the Josh Allen with fans. Who knows? Who knows? About, who knows about Josh Allen with fans? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm going with the New England Patriots uh, here. To be honest with you, um, I just think. Like you said, it's going to be a cold Monday night in Buffalo, but I think this is the exact type of Patriots team that could that could go down there and win. I think they're a really physical team. Like like I've said, their offensive line, both running and passing, is absurdly good. They have a really good collection of running backs. Ramondre Stevenson is a really good is a really good young player, um, and I, obviously that defense is elite. Um, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go with the New England Patriots to win here, and I think. The, the sorry sorry I think that would be my, bad, my uh, bad if
0: anyone's still watching at this point headphone uh
1: headphone warning <laughs> headphone warning, yeah exactly uh warning, whatever yeah um and yeah I'm gonna go with the New England Patriots here uh because I think that which, I mean the Chiefs are the two best teams in the AFC and probably two of the five best teams in the NFL right now.
0: I mean, yeah, I think the Patriots are probably the favorite. I mean, they're playing so good right now. I don't know. I feel like the Bills, this is a big win for them. I feel like they know that. I feel like we're going to see the best John Chandler that we will see. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills. But I think with that, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. A lot to cover this week, obviously, with MLB and the NFL. But it was a very fun episode, nonetheless. Always good. Obviously, now, MLB, we probably will not be touching on really – For a little bit, it's going to be a little slow with the MLB. Um, so, as soon as that stuff picks up again, we'll be right on. I mean, there's still so many free agents. Um, I mean, on the list of free agents we predicted, um, Rob's up two to one in, in ones we have predicted correctly, but only seven of those guys, and I think there were 16 signed. So, there's still, I mean, plethora. It feels like a lot of big names have gone, but there's still a lot of good players left. So, yeah. we're going to be covering all that once it comes out. Um, but with that, thank you so much for watching this week's episode. If you haven't already, please like, comment, and subscribe. Check us out on our uh, second channel, OTA Clips. We haven't really posted there, but we're thinking – and maybe I'll put Rob's Eagles rant on there, honestly, just as a fun little thing uh, for the week. Um, And, yeah, check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Outside the Arena there. Check us both out on Instagram. I'll put the links to that in the description. And, yeah, with that, guys, thanks so much for watching and enjoy this Sunday's football. And I didn't know what I was doing really when I'm closing. This was not my job usually. But thank you for watching this week's episode of Outside the Arena. We'll see you all next.